welcome to another episode of What If? from the Women's and Gender Studies program at the College of Charleston. This is a podcast where we take a look at the social justice work being done in our communities by lifting up members of our own WGS family who help us imagine intersectional feminist futures. In this episode of What If? I am joined by two fellow Women's and Gender Studies majors, Amira Lucas and Taylor McElwain. Like myself, Amira and Taylor will be graduating this year from the College of Charleston and moving onwards to apply their interdisciplinary education to the areas of our society where they are needed most. Amira is a Women's and Gender Studies major from Winsboro, South Carolina. As a part of her degree, Amira has been interning with the Empower program at MUSC, which aims at providing comprehensive and preventative HIV, STI, and pregnancy programs to marginalized teens in the Charleston area. After she graduates, she plans to apply her experience by offering primary rape prevention strategies in her hometown community. Taylor has a double major in Women's and Gender Studies and International Studies, as well as a double minor in Russian and African Studies. This semester, she's been working with Lutheran Services Carolinas as a refugee resettlement intern, and after graduating, hopes to continue working in advocacy with an emphasis on gender equity. In today's episode, the three of us talk about what it's like to have an internship as a Women's and Gender Studies major, the ways in which social justice is a key component in the work expected of us, and what the future might hold for WGS majors like ourselves. As a trigger warning, today's episode mentions brief themes of sexual assault. Amira and Taylor, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Thank you. you. Let's jump right in. Taylor, I know you literally just came from your internship. So tell us how that's been and what kind of work you've been doing. It was really good. So my internship is with Lutheran Services Carolinas, and I'm a refugee resettlement intern. And so that kind of encompasses a lot more things than I was expecting. But it's really nice because I get to do a variety of work. Um, Today, specifically, I was uploading some client self-sufficiency plans, just kind of like digitizing them and then sending them on to my boss. But in the past, I've gotten to um, like coordinate job interviews, drive clients to and from English classes, extended cultural orientations. I got to set up a cultural orientation presentation, which was really, really interesting. And I had a lot of fun with that. Um, And so it's just kind of a a really broad scope of work. But I think it's letting me get a little bit of experience in everything, which I'm really appreciative of. Yeah, that's an awesome opportunity. So where do most of these refugees come from? Most of the refugees that I've personally worked with are Ukrainian or from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, but we also had a pretty large influx of Afghan clients with the situation with the Taliban, but there's a little a little bit of everyone, I would say, just me particularly, because I am a Russian minor as well. I've been working mostly with Ukrainian refugees. Gotcha. Mm. So how did you find this internship opportunity? And was this an area of social justice that you had an interest in before coming to CFC? Um, this was the kind of work that I came into college, like hoping that I would get to do. Really? And so to be able to do it still in undergrad has been really, really exciting. I remember I got off the first Zoom meeting I had and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm living the dream. Yeah. But um, I got the email from Dr. DeWeld over the summer saying that LSC was looking for a preferred communities intern and they wanted to ideally select from the WGS majors. And I read that email and I was like, that would be really perfect. And so I emailed her back and then I set up an interview with one of the employment managers at LSC and ended up getting the internship. I hadn't planned on doing another internship just because I've done a couple in the past, but this was just such a a really wonderful opportunity that I didn't want to pass it up. And I really wanted to get my foot in the door with such a great organization. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Um, Amira, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the work you're doing at MUSC. 
Can you tell us a bit about the program Empower and um, your role with them? Yes, I intern at Empower through MUSC, which is a risk reduction program for teens in the Charleston area. They're mostly focused on minority groups that are more at risk of high-risk behavior, whether that be sexual or dealing with drugs and different things like that. And they also offer counseling for substance abuse and coupling that also with different PTSD things that students can be dealing with because a lot of times the withdrawal from drugs can have the same outcome as it would if you had PTSD. Right. So it's been interesting work, definitely. Unlike Taylor's experience, I feel like mine is, rather than being all-encompassing, it seems to be leaving out a lot. And I think that's also due to some organizational issues. But as far as preparing me for a career, it's teaching me that with the work that I want to do, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in order to do it. Right. And for me, my focus is on primary rape prevention, just thinking about how that affects my community personally. And a lot of ways that we as a society socialize people, which really does aid the rape culture in America. Mm -hmm. Can you define primary rape prevention for us? What does that encompass? To me, primary rape prevention means to combat the socialization of people. And secondary is when we get tasers and we don't go out at night and, you know, we're putting our keys between our fingers and things Mm -hmm. like that. Primary is dealing with the root and the root is the socialization Mm -hmm. and the grooming and these conversations that aren't being had. And even in my community, these uncles that are doing things to their nieces and they still get to sit at the Thanksgiving table with I think also that primary rape prevention deals with having conversations, open conversations, not just, oh, you should be abstinent. And that's what you expect. Or there's a lot of ways that the media puts sex on display. And whether or not you're ready to have those conversations with your children, they are intaking that media. And if you're not having a conversation to correct what they're seeing or to talk further and give them information about it, a lot of times, and unfortunately, when I was in school, we did take ignorance and share that with each other because nobody was really talking to us about it. So you just kind of led with your ignorance in a lot of situations. Right. So what you're suggesting here is a proactive approach to rape culture and to an issue that by the time we're addressing it is usually too late. Right. Like I think you and I have right, talked we about had this. a great conversation about consent out of sexual situations. Yes. Like you even know, as like, a child, I was a nanny for a little while and I taught this five year old boy how to interact even with his three year old brother. You know, I know you think he's going to think it's funny when you dump water on his head, but that's not a decision for you to make. Exactly. So let's ask him first. And if he says no, then that's your answer. It doesn't matter if you think he'll like it, right? And that was a conversation I've had repeatedly with five-year-olds. And I think that's the bigger picture that's being missed a lot of the time. And so that's why I'm so glad that your program is focusing on preventative strategies because that's where a sustainable impact will be made. So knowing what you know about what goes into social justice, do you feel like the work being done at Empower is productive work? I think it is good work. I can definitely see we are um, facilitating courses at Saul High School right now which I didn't know that they have a daycare at that school because there are so many teen parents there. So they really do need that conversation to be had. And I realized that when we started out, we didn't have the biggest class size, but then now they're doing more permission slips, so we have a bigger class and everybody's learning together. And when you don't exclude information, it makes it applicable for everybody. And honestly, when I was in school, we learned it separate. So it's 
so great to see everybody in this room, whether or not you're making jokes or whatever, you're taking something in mm -hmm. and whether or not they're doing it for the fruit snacks, or <laughs> right. you're taking something in. And it's really, for me, it's a proud moment to see that. But I think also that my major in my education has radicalized me to know that there's much more change that can be done. Mm -hmm. And with the program being federally funded, you know, there are certain things that are not going to be done. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely made me have a more realistic view of the world. And a more realistic view, okay, if this is what I want done, then I'm probably going to have to go at it by myself. <laughs> and that's just something I feel like would definitely impact my community. Yeah, and that's, I think, what it's about. You know, something unique about completing an internship that counts towards a women's and gender studies degree is that unlike other internships, the priority on these ones are not on career advancement, though that might be a part of it. Um, and it's, it's more about the experience of learning the role that we have in society to make change and participate in social justice work. And I think it's really awesome that we're given the opportunity to do that while also attending school. What do y'all think? You think it's different as a women's and gender studies intern? I can definitely speak to the social justice component of the internship. I did an internship that was coordinated through the International Studies Department, and that was also an amazing internship and an amazing experience. But the way that the different departments approach the internships, there's definitely a difference. And this one, there is much more of a focus from the Women and Gender Studies Department on, okay, how is this work that we're doing, this knowledge that we're accruing, like transferable into the real world, rather than just it being about checking off that experiential learning credit or something like that. I really do feel like there's much more of an emphasis on the practical aspect of it rather than just like, okay, this is something to put on my resume. This is another thing to pad my CV, things like that. And I think that that's really important because it's easy, especially as an intern, like we've all got classes and we've got other jobs. It's easy to kind of have the internship like fall by the wayside. But I think the approach that the WGS department takes with making the connection between what you're doing in your internship and social justice, social advancement, so clear. I think that is something that's really motivating to really keep going and really see the importance of the work, even if, like you said, like it's not necessarily what, like I think I think there should be more done, but like I also see the importance of this. Mm -hmm. As far as with my internship, it has taught me much more of humanitarian value. I think at one point I had a different view of certain issues that we address in the internship because it's not just sex education, it's also dealing with risk behavior that involves drugs. Mm -hmm. And personally, I was in a school that had that type of community and we had students that were getting shot, having posthumous graduations and car accidents and different things like that and taking away young lives. We had some students that they can't get through the day without a joint. They're not going to come in here and focus if they can't have that in their system. And this internship has taught me an empathy for that because it's not necessarily that you want to, but it's just the need for it now. And I was talking to my supervisor later and she was saying, you know, nobody's really paying for this type of work to get done. So it's the reality of you want to be a change maker. They're not really paying for you to do that. So this is purely your satisfaction. You're doing something for the world. And it's not just, you know, like you said, just adding to your resume. It's a much more meaningful opportunity. Yeah. 
With your internship being federally funded, I'd be really interested to know, can you talk about like abortion and services like that? No, that one is a no, absolute Mm no. Um, You cannot, we don't go into depth on LGBTQ identities. That's the things that I feel like we can work on because we're talking about pregnancy. We're not talking about abortion in this country where it is essential at this point. And I don't want to have a radical conversation about it or, you know, throw my internship under the bus because I am definitely grateful for the opportunity that I have, but I do see the room where more can be done. Right. Absolutely. I feel like you've been trained to be able to see what else must be done. Well, the three of us know well that intersectionality plays a crucial role in approaching the kinds of issues that we're talking about. So can either of y'all speak to how your understanding of intersectionality has helped you during your internship or where you see intersectionality coming into play? I think the most obvious answer, the thing that comes into my mind immediately is the work that I've done with the Preferred Communities Program. Um, and Preferred Communities is basically people, refugees who are coming and they have maybe higher needs due to a disability or a past trauma, some kind of experience. Um, and so they just have kind of a different set of needs and we cater to that specifically rather than doing a one size fits all program. And so that is the thing that comes to mind as really taking people for where they are and the unique experiences that they've had rather than saying like, okay, here's our policy to do A, B, and see. But if that doesn't work for you, that doesn't work for you. And so I think something that I admire about LSC, that they're taking that intersectional approach, even if that language is not necessarily used. Right. That's amazing. That's really important. Of course, we're we're all about to graduate this year, if not this December, then in the spring. And I don't want to be like, oh, what's next? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that to you. But I am interested in what you were hoping that a WGS major would help add to a future career if that were your path? I think personally, my major, my education is being used every day. It's the way I view the world now. It's the way that I approach certain situations. And I think that as far as post-grad, my passion is really riding on helping my community because Mm -hmm. there's not much that's happening there. We have so many opportunities that are being wasted there. And Thinking and reflecting on my own experiences, I don't want other students to go through those things or you have a flashback of something you did and it's like embarrassing. (laughs) And when you realize you didn't have to do that, you could have chosen yourself. It's really hard because you can't go back. You can't do it again. So for me, Fairfield really would benefit from that sort of thing. And primary rape prevention to me also means having conversations about grooming because the high school and the middle school were close to each other. So you had some high schoolers that come over there and they're talking to the middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. And that's a form of grooming. But this person that is getting that attention is feeling, oh, he thinks I'm cute. And you're thinking that that's positive attention when you don't know their real intentions. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, post-grad would just be making change happen where I can, whether that be with my little cousins talking to them about these kind of things. And I've actually had a lot of conversations with a lot of the teachers that I had when I was in school there. And some of them have been promoted to assistant principal or principal, which means you are in more of a position where I can talk to you and you can do something about this. Mm -hmm. And I have actually had conversations with them and they are excited about that type of change. So I'm excited to see what can come from that as well. Yeah, I love that you're going to take the education that you've claimed, as Adrian Rich says, and the hard work that you've put in. And you're going to put that right back into your own community. I think that's what it's about, Amira. And what about you, Taylor? What do you think? 
I think you guys said it really wonderfully. Amira, what you said about our education not just being, oh, this was my major in college, but something that is really, I hate to sound cliche and say life-changing, mm-hmm. but it really does impact the way I view the world. And like you were saying, just kind of gives us new viewpoints. And I think that that has probably been my biggest takeaway from the WGS major. Certainly, I love my classes and my professors, but just the worldview and the perspective that I've gained from the WGS major has been really valuable. And I hate to sound like a typical senior. I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing yeah. post-grad. Amira, like you were saying, I'm hoping to just that change where I can, when I can. I'd love to continue working in refugee resettlement, but I'm also interested in being a victim advocate for like victims of sexual violence. So I think just kind of seeing what the needs of my community are, wherever that may be, wherever I end up, and then kind of serving that using my skills and my knowledge to make a difference however I can, however is the most effective way. Yeah. Well, the good news is that no matter what we do throughout our lives, Our degrees are going to be great supplements to it. Also, the starting salary for a person with a BA in women's and gender studies is 56K. Okay. Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, that doesn't hurt. And we can work in law, politics, social work, education, healthcare. These are transferable skills that are undoubtedly in high demand right now. So with all that being said, what piece of advice would you have for an incoming freshman or an undecided student? I think I would say take the Intro to Women and Gender Studies course. It gives a really good overview of a lot of the topics covered in the field. And obviously it's a very broad overview because this is such a a large field and there are so many issues to address. But I think just kind of getting that taste can be helpful. We were kind of touching on this, especially when you said you had to ease your parents' mind about being a WGS major. But I feel like there's such a misconception about the the job prospects of being a WGS major and things like that. But I mean, as we just heard, you have a very promising future. There are so many doors open. So I guess I would say there are so many opportunities that will be given to you. And if there's a special topics course that looks interesting, I would say take that as well. Even if it doesn't count for anything in what you're already declared in, just having that knowledge, even if it doesn't lead to a WGS major, just carrying that with you. And like we said, like gaining that perspective is an important step to take. Absolutely. Beautifully said. (laughs) I definitely agree. Intro to Women's Gender Studies, it gives you so much. It was during the time we were debating critical race theory that I was actually taking that course and learning about the corridor of shame and disparities, racial disparities in our society, Mm -hmm. even here in Charleston. And it's just an incredible thing to really uproot. And I think, honestly, it's just the most rewarding major to have. It changes the way I look at movies, how I look at TV. I look at people, it's just, it's completely, I don't know the word. Well, for me, it's been transformative. I'm so thankful to freshman year Marissa for deciding the course load that she did, because I do think it just put me on a path directly to where I am now that made me who I am. Um, I think if I could give a piece of advice to an incoming freshman, it would be to not be afraid to be wrong and to not be afraid to learn something that contradicts something that they already think they know or believe. But I'm so proud of all of us for the journey that it's been. Um, I'm really grateful to have met you guys and really all of my fellow WGS majors. 
Um, this is the end of our show though. So before we officially end, I love to do the Q&A portion to learn a little bit more about each other. <laughs> so let's get into it. Do y'all have any irrational fears? Snakes. Yeah. I don't know if that's irrational, actually. I don't know if that's irrational. <laughs> uh, irrational fear. I keep having nightmares of losing my teeth. And I think that comes from I love dessert. And my mom has told me for so long, you ain't gonna have no teeth. So right. now it's like the, the dream feels so real, like gummy. And I'd be waking up like, <laughs> they they still here. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good irrational. That's good. <laughs> um, coffee or tea? Coffee, in most situations. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that person, and I'm gonna say iced coffee. Um, if I want an iced beverage, hot tea. If I want a hot beverage, okay. both fair. have their merits. I can't, I can't pick. I agree. I'm usually a coffee person, but I actually have a matcha in here. Ooh, delicious. Um, okay, the last thing I want to know is what is something about you that surprises people. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe a few things. Yeah, of uh, course. People are surprised that I'm 20. You are 20. Yeah, you're about to graduate. <laughs> Queen. That is definitely something that surprises people. I had to think about it. Like. And that is, <laughs> and that's just an ode to you and your intelligence Fair and your hard work. STEM. STEM. Yes. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. That is a really good one. Um. I think people are surprised when I tell them my areas of study specifically. I can see how they seem like a lot of unrelated things that I just jumbled together, especially when I say, oh, I'm a double minor in Russian and African studies. But at least to me, I really see like the connections. And honestly, even if there weren't connections, it would be, it would still be wonderful to get to learn about all these different things and then get to have that knowledge. And even if I don't, necessarily use it in my career at least I have it at least I've learned it and I mean it all goes back to that perspective thing yeah I think that's really cool that you have such diverse studies thank yeah. you and like even if there's no connection there that's why you're doing it to like make connections there exactly yeah. love that that was so real <laughs> people are surprised to find out that I teach a self-defense class through the art of jiu-jitsu because I'm like 5'1 but I'm, that makes it all the better yeah, exactly. Like, I love to su- I mighty. love to surprise people. Well, yeah, I'm no, tiny small but, but mighty. <laughs> small but mighty, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't think people would guess your height either. Just Based from on, your stature, how you talk, that's and great. how confident you are, I would not guess that like, your height. Listeners, how tall do you think I am? <laughs> Place your guts now. <laughs> Based on my voice, how tall do you think I am? That's good. I actually have heard that before. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> I know. Um. Okay, I think that that is going to be it for our show. Thank you guys so much for making the time out of your busy schedules to be here. I know what it's like to be, obviously, a senior about to graduate with an internship. Thank you for having us. This was a really wonderful conversation and i mean the opportunity to be on the podcast is great but also just just like getting to talk with you guys was also really really wonderful yeah i'm grateful to have connected as well all right i could not imagine what my life would be like and who i would be without this major yeah yeah absolutely same here um but i am excited to see all that y'all do and excited to see the fruit of all of our labors Yes, yes, definitely. Be rooting for you all, even if even if from afar. Yeah. <laughs> Love. Okay, bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What If. 
You can find more of us on most of your favorite podcast platforms or by visiting the college's official news site, The College Today, at today.cfc.edu. Don't forget to keep up with us on WGS Connect at blogs.cfc.edu slash WGS Connect and our Instagram at CFCWGS. Be on the lookout for our next episode in which I sit down with history professor and researcher Dr. Kara DeLay to discuss the recent overturning of Roe vs. Wade, the history of reproduction, and the urgency of the reproductive justice movement. Until next time, I'm your host, Marissa. Stay feminist, y'all.